Hi, Hannah. Hey, Evan. Good morning. Good morning. So yesterday we had a conversation where we reviewed all of the smaller projects on our small project list. Yeah. And talked about what makes sense to focus on next. A list made up of small projects that, if all sort of taken together, could take a lifetime to complete. Right. It's a big list. Yeah. The project we landed on is something that we want to spend some time exploring. Is a solo play variant for Questlandia. This is something we talked about potentially being a part of the second edition. I don't know if you remember. I remember us having some conversations of like, oh, could we fit this in? It would be a good oh, thing yeah. to include. And we talked about it a little bit and talked about what we'd want for it and decided it's too big. It has to be a separate thing. Yeah. I specifically remember us going on a walk because we do a lot of our like preliminary game design on walks. And I remember us last year prior to the second edition Kickstarter going on a walk, talking about this idea that we've had for a long time of making a solo play version of Questlandia and starting the walk being like, this is a great thing to include in the second edition uh -huh. and ending the walk being like, this is a terrible overpromise, and we should learn our lessons. Like, like this is an opportunity. I forgot about that, actually. You're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we didn't decide straight up, no, we're oh. not going to do it. We decided, let's just not make any mention or promise uh, of it and then see I know. how the work feels. Yeah, what a smart... It really, I don't know, I was thinking yesterday, after we talked about it yesterday and had some good conversations about it, I was like washing dishes later in the day, and I was like, maybe we have grown up a little. That's that's a real growing up moment. I think- I pat us <laughs> on the back. Yeah, so, uh, but yesterday I came to you and I said, Evan, you know, I know that we just did this episode of the podcast about- <laughs> whether we're ever going to make Questlandia 2. Mm -hmm. And as you said, anything with a clickbait title, the answer is always no. <laughs> 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 so, uh, which I don't, you know, we had different answers. Yeah. Yours was no, and mine was maybe it will take a different form. Yeah. Uh, we've taken this last year to specifically not make any new games, to right. not plan new Kickstarters, to focus on selling our stock and to re-energize a little bit. Right. Uh, and yesterday I was like, Evan, <laughs> kind of want to do a little Kickstarter. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I wasn't Me too. I wasn't going to say it I first. was not going to be the one. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, so Questland solo Questlandia. Let's um let's talk about it. So we've done a little bit of chatting about it already. We we took like half an hour yesterday to talk about the idea. And specifically, I posed the question of just like what what would make this a game that you and I are both excited to play on our own time, knowing that neither one of us are people who commonly play solo RPGs. Yeah, and I think it's I think there's an interesting question in 
do you have to make the games that you want to play? Or if you're making games that like speak to your interests and the stories that you are excited to tell, like, is it enough that you are sort of the like the storyteller and somebody else is the receiver? Uh, is it like a hypothetical or do you want to hear my yeah. answer um, to that? Well, we we talked about it a little bit. E- yeah, yeah. I'll get. <laughs> we, okay, <laughs> let me ask this in a specific way. I think that when I look back at Mud or Public Guest Five, and I I love Mud. I think it's a, I think it's a nice story we told. I also have this little self consciousness where I'm like, I don't know if I want to play Mud. Yeah. I don't know if I'm the person who would pick this up and sit with it. And does that mean that anybody will? Like, am I making an assumption? Is it? <laughs> Why am I assuming that somebody else is going to want to play this game if if I don't want to? So I, I feel like I'm still not getting at the question and I apologize, but maybe you can like take the, the, the mud that I'm sending out here and shape it into something. <laughs> I mean, I think there's something to be said for being drawn to a certain form to communicate in, to communicate a feeling or an idea that in, that could just be different than the form you like to take things in. Putting something out into the world might just feel different. But I do think there's a huge advantage to making something that is in a form that you also want to consume. Yeah. Because... You're going to be able to bring all of your tastes and experience and enjoyment and fold that back into the creating process by, you know, playing the thing that you make. Uh, especially when, you know, playtesting is such an important part anyway. And if the act of playtesting is itself enjoyable, that's going to make that go a lot easier. <laughs> Yeah, and I do think that Questlandia, a solo version of Questlandia, is a really different type of game than Mud, which is yeah. uh, almost, I mean, you know, you could argue that it's not a game at all, depending on who you are. I mean, for me with Mud, it's easier for me to feel the sort of fatigue of having written. I, I, for me, the experience of Mud is a little little worse for having spent so many hours <laughs> yeah. pouring over every one of the words and images. Yeah, yeah, it is a totally different. You're right. It's in a lot of ways I think it's hard to compare them because mud was such a like um a oh shoot, I'm I'm blanking on the word, like a really constructed experience. But yeah. uh you know, we picked we chose every sentence so carefully and every picture with Questlandia, it's like a a rule set for going out and telling stories. It seems a lot easier to be surprised by a solo experience of Questlandia. At least that's one of our goals. Yeah. So should we should we get into it? So yeah, you had asked the question of like, what would make this a game that we each wanted to play? And we took a few minutes to answer the question for ourselves. So I just brainstormed some things that that came to mind at the idea of what would it take for me to actually play and enjoy a solo version of Questlandia. 
one of the first things that came to mind for me was an interest in strategy, in like a challenging puzzle to solve, which is not a huge part of Questlandia as a around-the-table experience. But for me, when I'm playing something by myself, I like the idea of like delving into a little puzzle, you know, having like a crossword puzzle feeling or something where it's just intellectually challenging. Can you think of any role-playing games that, or, or either existing role-playing games or what form that might take to add that intellectual challenge or a, a puzzle game, like a solo puzzle into a role-playing game? So a lot of the crunchier old school games where you're building a character to expose to monsters and fights and things have this where you're, there's a bit of a puzzle in like, how am I going to select my skills and distribute my, mm. my points yeah. and buy my equipment and spend my gold? Uh, and then depending on the system, there might be additional puzzles of like, well, I'm actually in a fight now. What am I going to choose to do? How do I approach it? How do I fit stuff into my backpack? What do I take? What do I leave? Who do I push into the volcano? Like, <laughs> it's all, you know, there's a set of rules that feed into themselves. Of like, well, if I do this well, then I'll have more points or gold or whatever to bring to the next puzzle. That's pretty far from what Questlandia is like. Yeah. But Questlandia does have a sort of soft win and loss condition of a kingdom collapsing or not. It does have characters that have attributes that can be hurt or boosted or changed. Yeah. Goals has, that can be achieved. It certainly has mechanics that are changing the world and impacting i don't know there's there's choices that you make that are numbery you know questlandia says you don't have to have a goal of saving the kingdom but you could and if you do then there's things you can choose to do to improve your odds to do well in roles so when i think of a solo version i just feel like i would want to set a goal from the get go for for me to be striving toward mechanically even if it's not save the kingdom, even if it's I just want everyone, every one of the characters that I'm controlling to achieve their goal or something. I don't know why I thought you were going to say I just want everyone to get along. I just want everyone to get That's along my only goal. for one I day. I just want everyone to get along. It's Halloween, guys. Please. Why can't we all just get along? I just want to see a ghost. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that wanting... A puzzle or something a little bit fiddly, even though that's not part of the original Questlandia, I think it makes a lot of sense in a solo game uh, to also to tickle the like the type of person's brain who is going to be motivated by having a puzzle. Because I think that even even though my instinct is to be like, well, I'm not that kind of person. I just want to tell a story. I'm like, I don't actually just want to tell a story. Yeah, part of telling a story is having some friction. Yeah. And one source of friction, possibly. Is a little Sudoku. Is a little Sudoku. <laughs> slipped right into the game. So that was one of my thoughts. What about what about you? Let's see. 
One of mine that I wrote down was you know, there's this experience in Questlandia doing the world building, and it's one of the most satisfying parts where people are like, I can't believe we came up with this. It was uh-huh. so cool. Like, I can't believe that our collective brain made this really strange world together that works. Um, it's something that people say a lot in Noirlandia, which you designed too. Like, by the end, they're like, I can't believe the case actually all came together. Because it's really hard to tell a noir story right. and a mystery that works in the end. And it's it's awesome that it does. Props to you. I think you made some good rules and mechanics. Oh, thanks. Um, I think it's a mix. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. That's why we can do a second edition. Uh, that seems like a harder experience to get on your own, you know, when you when you don't have somebody else's ideas to, to bounce off of and to right. expand what you've been coming up with. So one of the notes that I wrote down was, um, like, being able to say, like, I made this. That's awesome. I can't believe I made this. And to just feel like the rules and the prompts really supported you in making it without being uh, leading questions. Right. Yeah. I'm, I feel like that's a really important part of whatever this looks like. It's going to be something that brings the dynacism of having other living people at the table with you. And the way that, you know, surprises and twists your ideas into something new. Something about this this solo game needs to be performing that role. Because it won't feel like Questlandia if you're not surprised by how your ideas evolve into a, into a society, into a cast of characters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think if we... If we can make a solo game that helps get past that blank page feeling that, you know, I feel when you and I sit down for a day of writing and a new writing session and I'm like, uh, Uh, it's just this like black hole of possibilities in front of me and nothing comes to my mind. If the game can like give that nudge and alleviate some of that overwhelm and, and feeling of like endless possibilities where because it's so endless, nothing comes to mind, then that's that's great. It reminds me of something else I wrote, which was, well, there's two things I wrote that I think are kind of similar. One is a game that satisfies a fan fiction urge. And what I mean by that is bringing the game, bringing a question like, I wonder what would have happened if... Captain Picard landed on that planet into the game of Questlandia and letting that be a jumping off point for your story. Just be like, well, okay, so I know a few things that I want to have. I know a few characters I want to bring. I know vaguely what kind of setting I want to make. I'm going to bring it into this game and it's going to mechanically like unfold that idea in surprising directions and make a whole story out of it. I love that idea. And it's I mean, I think it's a good sign in these conversations when you say something and I get excited about it, because then we're starting to answer the original question of like, what what would it take for us to make this a game that we both genuinely want to play and are excited to play on our own? Yeah. And when you say the word fan fiction, you know, <laughs> I jump. 
I also thought of it as like tarot cards, possibly, where, you know, in a tarot reading, you can bring certain questions of like, what's uh, what's holding me back at this point in my life? Or what should I be focusing on? Or what does the future hold? The idea of being able to bring some of those questions into the game with the expectation that they're going to be answered in some way by how you play it out helps me imagine this as like a real a real activity that somebody would choose as part of their day, you know? Yeah. This might be like overly like, you know, a scientist looking at a human being. Like, <laughs> why do they want fun? <laughs> well, <laughs> It's just a totally fair question. I uh, <laughs> I think it's literally what like marketers do for a living, right? They're just like my job is to is to identify and manipulate human tastes and we just have to identify and manipulate humans to play quests like <laughs> Yeah. Um <laughs> at least ourselves. Ourselves, yeah. I really, I really like this. It's just a self-manipulation. Yeah. Like, um, what if we crafted something that was so irresistible that we had to play it? I, well, I I don't know. So I think, I guess I could understand like feeling a little self-conscious and like, am I just, am I thinking about this like a scientist? This is a really dehumanizing way of thinking about it, but I don't think it is. All right. Uh that helps me feel less monstrous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that leads into one of the things that I wrote down. So for me, separate from what the rules are going to be and the kind of story that it's going to tell, like assuming that those are great. We're just going to assume they're great. They have to yeah. be great. Um, a big barrier for me for a solo game is going to be coming back to it. If it's something that's played over time, uh, you know, I got the ADHD. Mm -hmm. It's going to be exciting the first time and it's going to be really difficult to come back to. And I see a lot of solo games that I mean, what we have public guest five is like re-roll once every day. And yeah. that's uh, that's a game that's also like mm, there's got to be a name for it, like a. It's it's almost like a Gedankenspiel or something. Like a, it's not that you're not supposed to play Public Guest Five, but uh, its scope is not so big that we're like, no, please come back, play every day. Like, right, does, right. Does that make like? No, it's like a, it's a soft, like you know, we're game designers, not cops, kind of food. No. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> well, like gentle cottagecore cops, because I feel like it's like this. I, I feel like that is a big thing in solo games is that they ask a certain time window. <laughs> it's like yeah. a big bird that just descended outside the window and cawed. I don't know if the mic picked that up. Um, you know, they say like, this is a game played with the seasons. This is a game played over the course of a month or a year. And I love the vibe. I love the aesthetic. It's not happening. Right. There's no freaking way. So we either need a scope of play that's reasonable to just finish once you start it, or 
some kind of uh some kind of aid for continuing play. Yeah, and as as silly as it is, one of the things that jumped to mind for me is like after you finish a sent a, a session, you uh schedule an email to yourself that comes out in, you know, 2 weeks. <laughs> that email's like ready to play the next day of Solo Questlandia or a reminder on your phone. Wednesday. I mean, I wonder how how much into nutty territory it is to start thinking about like us setting up one of those like automated texting services where <laughs> no i but see that's that's the thing it has to come i want the like the prompt to also work with the person's brain i want you to make the choice in as easy a way possible like take take 30 seconds and you decide if it's going to be two weeks from now or three weeks from now. Here's what you say in the email. We've we've put the script. The script says, uh, uh, <laughs> kingdom, kingdom escalated to six in last game. Continue on page three. I don't know what it says, but this is this part is like, it feels like there's something there to me. Because on one hand, it's so deeply immersion breaking and stupid. And on the other hand, like, I know this will work for me so i'm hanging on to it <laughs> well i mean like you know one of the most effective things for me in doing anything at any point in my life is uh a sort of social contract <laughs> having other human beings agreeing to do the thing or to notice that i did the thing so in a solo game that's out the window yeah so, I, I mean, I guess there's maybe kinds of contracts of like, you know, and you have to tell your mom how it went. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> my mom just loves hearing about quiz. Mom, can I tell you about my Questlandia game? <laughs> hey, mom. <laughs> um, and, you know, in Questlandia, we say maybe you split it into two sessions. We don't really worry about people, you know, actually getting around to doing their second session should they choose to. But maybe that's just the strength of social contracts going on. So yeah. without it, if we're going to ask people to have multiple sessions in this solo game, I shouldn't say people. I, I, if we're going to ask ourselves, well, ourselves to have a game yeah. that we want to come back to, then yeah, coming up with an alternative sort of way of gluing the experience together through those gaps, I think it's worthwhile. I think it's interesting. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be down on your automated texting. I just, you know, I think that my world is so full of automated reminders, some of which are quite important that I ignore. Yeah. So it's it's tricky. It's tricky. Like what what messages manage to come through and rise to the top and like prompt you to follow their lead? Uh uh yeah. I feel like some I feel like people might have good suggestions for this. So uh yeah, we're open to them, obviously. Yeah, with this, this being this very also vague. might be a sort of solved problem that doesn't need to be Questlandia specific. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it can be a solved is a strong word, but basically something where different solo games have already tried some interesting approaches to tying continual play together that we could just use. Yeah. And it could be a solved problem in that we haven't made the game yet, and it could be one session. 
Like, That's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's the mechanics could solve themselves. Yeah. Too. Yeah, I mean, this conversation is sort of half about Questlandia and half about the whole concept of a solo game. Yeah. And how it could work. Anything else on your list? Um, uh, a note that I'm interested in is a question, which is, what part of this game would you share with other people? Uh, this question was sort of prompted by my experience playing video games and thinking about one way to measure the value of a video game's experience, a solo video game experience, is whether it leaves me with something that I want to share with other people, like a story or a screenshot or a good joke or even just a recommendation that they play it. Uh, I play a lot of games that don't leave me with any of that. It's just, it, it sort of all happens to me and then, you know, it will die with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually think that that's like a, you know, final primary measure of something's importance, but it's a way of thinking about it. So I'm interested with Solo Questlandia. Do you go to your friends and you're like, I got to tell you about the society I made? And your friends are like, it? not again. <laughs> well, right. I mean, this is, it's like such a classic role-playing game situation. I know, I know. I shouldn't even joke if about the it. the story is something that gets shared. Yeah. Um, alternate, it could like leave you with a map that you've made over the course of play that you want to hang on your wall as you, maybe it's just a way of remembering it for yourself or having an opportunity to explain it to other people and bring people in. Or again, the recommendation thing, it could just be, it's such a good experience that had meaning for you that you're like, I know somebody who I think is going to really get something out of playing this. And you just send them a recommendation. Like for me, that's still a form of the game lifting itself into a social sphere. Wow. Oh, that's such a good way of putting that. And I agree. And it would be the highest form of like compliment. I feel like the game could want want to be played by other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, often that's that's something when I think about receiving things from other people, receiving a story of their role-playing game could be cool. But having somebody come to me and say, like, I think you'll really be into this. Yeah. In a knowing sense. That that's a really cool thing to receive. Yeah, you know, it makes me wonder if we were talking about the other day what like we were talking about the media that we've shared with each other over the years and or not just yeah, media, I mean like books, movies, video games, YouTube videos and how we've known each other for so long that uh, it's almost like this shared language by now. But we were talking about like, oh, when you have the opportunity to meet somebody new or make a new friend and you're like, I'm getting close enough with this person that it's it's time to share some of my little like treasures. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's a question that we could bring to the game design too, is like, what are the treasures of our lives in terms of like what what things are we excited to share with other people and how could we bring those? Is there anything that connects them? Like what kind of stories do those tell? I love that idea. Yeah. I just thought of it. 
(laughs) (laughs) So let's take some of these vague goals or ideas about solo games and spend a minute thinking about if there's any any ideas that either of us have for tying it into Questlandia and oh, God. What, what that could potentially look like. I didn't actually know. I thought that the episode was done. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to do game design. No, we're, we're going to finish the game <laughs> in this episode. I struck with sweaty terror. I literally started <laughs> sweating through my shirt when you said that. <laughs> okay, so just little, little, like Small ideas. I mean, I won't refuse you having a vision of a completed game. (laughs) Remember how I do have this? It's it's gotten so much better over the past few years, but I have this history of being like, Evan, I know we have like five projects, but I just want to let you know, I I basically designed a whole game this morning in the car. And you're like, oh, yeah? (laughs) Okay, tell me about it. And I'm like, well, it's not really done. But the idea is like, you're Katniss Everdeen, but you have a nine to five job and there's definitely cards. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, you know, gently like, well, yeah, that sounds pretty finished. (laughs) (laughs) Should we slot that into the next Kickstarter? Um, Yeah, so... <laughs> Maybe this will be the time. Maybe this is going to be is... the minute that I'm just like, here we go. You have to start. I, okay, that's fair. <laughs> All right, so I do have one one idea that's sort of floating about. It's an idea for other characters and for facet cards oh shoot you're gonna take my facet one that's okay i'll come up with another one keep going Uh, it might not be the same one (laughs) okay the idea is just that that i I don't want this solo game to just be well you are just basically playing as three players controlling everything because i i want you to have a back and forth as three characters or three well, no three players who own their own characters oh, who have their own facet okay. cards who are answering each other's questions like i don't want that that to be the mood i want it to be more like there are facet cards and characters that are out of your control got it i still feel like they're doing their own things separate from your decision making which means the rules have to step in the mechanics have to step in at some point so thinking about that i'm imagining Characters and facet cards that have uh, goals or ambitions, like uh, a, a place that they're headed to, like a character wants to be king. They are going to take a step toward becoming king at a certain point in the game. They're going to do that, like it or not, whatever you do, like that's going to be their their goal. If you don't step in and intercept that in some way it'll just happen and i imagine that can work for characters but also for facets of your society like this cult wants to uh displace the established religion and be like a universal belief in the society and it's going to be working toward that So when I imagine having this spread out in front of me of characters and facets that are all sort of in motion, they are heading someplace and transforming the world, uh, 
it starts to scratch that puzzly itch of like, well, what's my goal? Who do I have to interrupt to get there? Who could I support? That's a thought. That gave me a thought. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it gave me a thought that answers some of the social, uh, like like a possible sort of social, like what what are the social I don't want to say pressures. What's like the positive word of pressures, the social motivations to continue with this game? Yeah. I was thinking about the fact that, you know, we have up in our office a little cork board that has the outline of our book. Yeah. Um, it's outdated at this point. But the original outline where we have a bunch of index cards and it says act one and act two and act three. And we have like, you know, here's the here's the pinch point. Here's here's the character's darkest moment. Right. And sometimes friends of ours will come into the office and they're like, whoa, is that the outline of your book? Whoa, that looks so cool. And I could imagine... I mean, again, not to not to harp on the the ADHD, but like it's it's one of those things where out of sight, out of mind is can yeah. be a big part of it. And the idea that you could have a little corkboard or a little space set aside on a table uh, or pinned to a wall near you that has these sort of moving elements of your world that somebody else could ask about, be like, "What's this? This looks cool," or it's just like in front of your own eyes all the time. Yeah. You could take a little turn. You could be like, oh, while I'm here, I'll I'll escalate a facet. I'll see what's happening with this faction. That that like tickles a part of my brain a little bit. I mean, I'm very into it. Bringing a little Norlandia. Yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> a little corkboard. That does require space. But uh we don't have to promise that this game isn't gonna take up an entire wall of your house or apartment. Right? Like, it's not like we have to build the walls. We don't have to build the walls. <laughs> <laughs> that actually reminds me of... Uh, I probably shouldn't get into it. Well, don't... Come on. You can't... Come on. Well, it just... It, it, it makes me think about the subject of small versus large asks of a player. And when we first started on Questlandia as our first ever project, we were very concerned with making sure our asks were small. And part of how that was expressed was things like, we just want you to have a normal deck of cards. We don't want you to have to have anything special. We just want to use normal dice. We don't want to have to <laughs> Everything buy. is normal. Everything. Just, we are asking you to just be as normal as possible. If you're just, I'm not going to swear, just just normal. <laughs> Just please be normal. <laughs> and then then we wouldn't ask much at all. Yeah. Um, and there are benefits to making small asks. It does make things approachable and it, you know, keeps things from being overwhelming. But there are advantages to big asks as well. Saying, clear out one of your entire walls, take down any pictures that you have hung up there. <laughs> this is going to be your Questlandia wall is a huge ask, but when somebody actually follows through on a huge ask, they have immersed themselves in a big <laughs> way. They've taken a huge step like into your world, which can feel really good for them too, because they're like, I did something big. I'm, wow. I'm treating myself to this like extraordinary experience in my life. It is intrusive. It is like a big part of my life right now is that I'm playing Questlandia. I love 
I don't think you meant for it to sound culty. It sounds really freaking. <laughs> it sounds pretty culty. Yeah. You're like, we want to create a life consuming, intrusive experience. No, I mean, I, I think that's interesting, though. It makes me think of, um, like the, uh, the the Cone Marie method, if anybody's, you know, read like Marie Kondo's life-changing magic of tidying up, she asks you to do a tidying festival and says that the festival might take a really long time. Uh, like you're going to go at your own pace and that pace might be slow. Don't interrupt it, though. Like once you're in the festival, you are in the festival and you yeah. are asked to complete all the steps. And once you finish the festival... You don't have to ever do it again, so right. she says. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I mean. It's like a big ask that, as a result, can pull somebody into a really different, new way of being, of thinking about their stuff, thinking about their time, being a transition point. It's really interesting because when I picture something that's that sort of disruptive or a big enough ask, I picture things that generally are pretty social experiences and you want to share with other people. But uh, Cone Marie is done alone. Yeah, right. And so <laughs> I I think that, you know, maybe if it ends up being sort of this more meditative ask that it, it could be, it could work. Well, and... And like you said, with the um, the story outline, there is a social possibility of people encountering your game that you're playing. It's it's a solo play experience, but it can be a social bait. shared <laughs> social bait. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you just invite people over and casually want them to look at your wall. <laughs> Oh, don't worry about that. Oh, that's nothing. That's just oh, you Questlandia. Don't, you don't need to know about that. It's nothing. <laughs> so what do you think? Is this is this where our thinking is at currently? Or do you have anything else about the design of Solo Questlandia that you want to be a part of this conversation? Mm, I want to say one word, but I don't want to follow it up because I feel kind of done. Okay. But I'm just going to say the word mini games. But that's it. I don't want to explain it. It can come later. I'm just soaking it in. Just just want to say the word mini games. Is mini it okay games. if I... Respond with one word? <laughs> yes. Re repeat it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course you can repeat it. Mini games. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So with that. <laughs> so, you know, we started this conversation over a year ago saying we're not going to make any promises. Yes. I think we can still say we're not making any promises. This is a, in, in some ways, this is a return to OG Design Doc where we're just like. After a year of hard work and thought, we will continue to not make promises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is just us doing some like some, some out loud game design. Yeah. Thoughts thinking brainstorming i feel good about it like for me this is this has been a successful first pass at the idea i agree and this is a perfect time to stop too because there's like a tree being cut down outside it was a really <laughs> good timing see 
I think it's a, you know, a really good start is taking a real world prompt. Like there's some Fern Gully happening outside of our window (laughs) (laughs) as the perfect start to a solo Queslandia game. (laughs) A tree falls right outside your window. A majestic oak. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Welcome to your new world. (laughs) I don't know if the noise of that chainsaw is going to come through. Um, uh yeah, as always we I'm so sorry it's it's loud. Tim Curry is here. <laughs> Tim Curry is here. Yeah, I mean that's a fanfic part, right? Yeah. A little Tim Curry, a little Christian Slater. I don't remember Robin who Williams. else is. Oh, is Robin Williams in Fern Gully too? He's batty. God, they used to just pack it in with the <laughs> icons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, we would love to hear your thoughts. We have um, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. This is so. This noise outside is so distracting. I can't help help. I bet finish. it's not coming through at all. Okay, That's my guess. It's well, it's coming through my ears. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's not. How do people? Get I bet in you touch? don't even hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh no, I've been gaslit into design talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh we'll do our outro and after the outro we'll tell people how to get in touch with us if they have any thoughts. Thanks so much for listening, heroes. Thank you again for celebrating 6 years of Design Doc with us. Uh it's 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 great. The Design Doc intro outro theme was written by our friend, musician Pat King. Thanks Pat. The Design Doc Podcast is hosted by the One Shot Podcast Network. One Shot hosts other great shows like All My Fantasy Children. Each week, Aaron Catano Saez and Jeff Stormer take a listener submitted prompt and, using some of their favorite tabletop RPGs, create an original fantasy character. Along the way, they share laughs, stories, verbal hugs, and populate a shared universe one story at a time. Design Doc is supported by the Turtle Bun Patreon. Thank you so much to everybody supporting us monthly at patreon.com slash turtlebun. If you have any thoughts or ideas you'd like to share with us, you can <laughs> been, email us. I've been saying it very carefully because I cut out a part where I was very critical of the way that he said it before. <laughs> I'm trying to be very well behaved. I'm so sorry. I'm on best behavior. I was like, we have an app. email address. DesignDocPod at gmail.com. Uh, and we also have a Discord. The Discord link will be in the show notes. And if you're uh, listen to Design Doc regularly, it's a really great place to talk about episodes. It's a it's a really good Discord in that like it's not like super active, but it's not dead. Yeah, it's that sweet spot of like, yeah. you know, embers in the fireplace. Exactly. Like it's not gonna add any stress to your life. I can't say that. I don't know what adds stress to somebody's life. (laughs) Just a gentle little place to come talk about episodes once a month. Thanks for listening, heroes. We'll see you next time.